Yes, we've been going through numbers for quite a, quite a few weeks. And we've got as far as chapter 17. And it's an interesting story, this. Familiar with it, I know. And I, I just talk, thought we'd call it God's choice confirmed. God's choice confirmed. We read a few verses in Numbers chapter 17. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take of every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers, of all their princes according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. For one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom and I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel and every one of their princes gave him a rod apiece. For each prince one according to their father's houses, even twelve rods, and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. Listen to this. And it came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, and brought forth buds, and blossomed blossoms and yielded almonds and Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord unto all the children of Israel and they looked I'm sure they did and took every man his rod and the Lord said unto Moses bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels and thou shalt quite take away their murmurings from me, that they die not. And Moses did so, as the Lord commanded him, so did he. What an amazing story. For the last few weeks we've been looking at chapter 16. And you know, it was rebellion. Rebellion in chapter 16. They had rebelled against Moses and against Aaron. And they had the whole situation with Korah. We, we read it when you get home if you weren't here and also even after the, the ground had swallowed up Korah and the rest of them and then the other 250 had been wiped out by fire in judgment because they had challenged Aaron's position as high priest it was not against Moses really and Aaron that they were rebelling against it was against God because they all thought that they were holy they said all the people are holy we can all go to God our own way why is there only Aaron that we have to get to God through? And we saw the people say that again and again today. That they can all get to God their way. But the scripture tells us Jesus is either a liar or scripture is true. He says there's only one way to God and that is through me. I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But we, we've repeated this the last few weeks. I don't want to go over it again. But you know they, people say we can all go up the mountain different ways. We ride, all rise at the top. All go in different streams. All go into the one river. And all that kind of stuff. But it's not scriptural. 
And that's what was the trouble. They, they had rebelled. And God had wiped out those people, 250 of them. And then, the next day, after, after all that, they had come again to Moses and said, it's all your fault that those men were wiped out. You've, you've, you've destroyed those people, people of God. And God sent a plague. 14,500 people were destroyed in the plague. Amazing. And then we come to this chapter, and God has obviously said, I've had enough. I've had enough. He decided that he would once and for all confirm the priesthood of Aaron. And so he defied, the Lord spake. It was the Lord's idea. This wasn't Moses' idea. This wasn't man's idea. This was God's plan. And you know, so it is in, 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 in churches. It is God who should make the decisions. not man making man's decisions. The person should be distinctly chosen by God. And then God explained to Moses in verse 2 what was going to happen. How this very important declaration was going to be made. Gather the princes and get these, the, the chiefs of all the, the tribes were to be gathered together and ask them to produce a rod. And they to give this rod to Moses, and on that rod was to write their name. They had to write their name on it. They either cut it out with a, with a knife or, 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 or some way, I, I don't know how, but their name was indicated. There was going to be no mix-up. You know, some people say that the, the, it was their walking sticks, their signi the, the, the significance of their being, them being princes. They had this princely staff. Others think, think it was just an ordinary rod cut out of a tree. And they were all identical. And that's why they wrote their names on them. That they each, that each twelve cut a piece out of a tree. In any case, they gave these twelve rods to Moses. And then in verse 3 it says, And you shall write Aaron's name on the rod for the tribe of Levi. They didn't write Levi or Levi's on it. They wrote Aaron's name on it. Because the controversy was all about Aaron. Whether he had the right to be high priest or not. Who had chosen Aaron? Had it been Moses' idea to choose Aaron? Or had he appointed himself? He says, write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi. There was one rod for the head of each tribe. And you see, the trouble was that the, the tribe of Levi was divided into two families. There was the priestly tribe of Aaron, and then there were the rest of the Levites, who had work within the tabernacle, but it was Aaron's family and him who were the, the, the priestly portion of that. And then he said, in, in verse 4, you shall lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation, and that meant they had to go into the holy place, the most holy place, the holy of holies as they call it, where the ark was. And it says before the testimony. Put it before the testimony. Where I will meet with you. It was called the ark with the testimony because the law, the, the ten commandments were in the ark. The testimony of the law had been put into the ark of the covenant. There were certain things in the ark. The ark was a big box basically. 
and above it was the mercy seat and then above that was the cherubims where God met with his people and in the ark was the, the Aaron's rod eventually was put in there there was the testimony the, the, the commandments and there was a pot of manna in a golden manna in a golden pot there were certain things just put into the ark as memorials that's why it was called the Ark of the Testament. It was where the law was. And these sticks, these rods were to be placed in front of the Ark in the presence of God. Right in God's presence. Now it's interesting. He says, where I will meet you. I will meet you. Not the whole people. Aaron could go into that holy place just once a year on the Day of Atonement. We've said that in the last few weeks. On Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, he went in and he offered a sacrifice for his, for his own sins and then a sacrifice for the atonement of the sins of the whole nation. But Moses, it would appear, could go in and meet with God at any time. God said he would meet with him. You see, unlike Moses... And the Old Testament saints. We're in a very privileged position. We can meet with God. At any time. That's the wonderful thing. Why? Because Jesus Christ has died. And he is our high priest. He has gone into the heavenlies. He is before the throne of God. And it is through him. That's why we pray through Jesus. It is through him. We pray. And he has access. Into God's presence. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave his life a ransom for many. It is through him. And that's why we pray. The, 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 the Old Testament, the people went through Aaron, through the priest. We go through our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is in the presence of God. And we pray in the name of Jesus. That's why. And this whole process was so that God would make clear who was his high priest and look so often it says whom I chose in verse 5 and it, it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose nothing to do with man nothing to do with Moses nothing to do with Aaron they were put into the presence of God and they withdrew Man was not able to do anything to influence God's decision. Those were left there. What was going to happen? How could placing 12 dry sticks in front of the Ark of the Covenant decide who was going to be the high priest? To the rational mind, it doesn't make sense. Sure it doesn't. How could, how could it... Four, twelve little bits of wood and God was going to indicate through them who the high priest was going to be God even declared beforehand the miracle that was going to take place he says the person that I shall choose his rod shall blossom it certainly did I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel whereby they murmur against you. I 
God, it's only when we put everything into God's hands that miracles happen, that things occur that we don't expect. The rational mind would have said, what's the point of putting a stick? You know, it's, it's no point in it. But when God enters into the equation, things are different. Things are different. Man retired from the, from the scene. Left them there. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. Came out. As I say, there was no room for Moses' ideas, no room for human preferences. It was all in God's hand. In the Holy of Holies. Far away from mere man, the question of the priesthood was settled by divine decree. The eternal Son of God. The plan was settled by divine decree in eternity. And you know, I wonder what Moses was thinking when he went in the next morning. I wonder what he thought as he was going towards the tabernacle. He must have been a bit anxious. What's, what's, what's going to meet him? And verse 8. It came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness and behold, <laughs> eleven rods looked exactly the same but one had budded, had blossomed, had brought forth fruit, almonds. It's amazing. Budded, brought forth buds, blossomed. Yeah, I, I think they were all there at the one time when, when Moses went in. There were some little buds, there were some blossoms, there, there, there was a, you know, some fruit. It, it must have been fantastic. Sure, you could hardly believe his eyes. What a vindication. What a vindication for the, the priesthood. And could you imagine him carrying these out? And, and, and the princes all waiting out there. And, and the rest of the people all wondering, what, what, what's going to happen? And he comes out armed with these 11 dry old sticks. And one with fruit hanging out of it. it it's just... We have to try and picture what the situation was. And as God says, that will stop them arguing from ever more about the right of Aaron to be the priest. And then he says, in verse 10, no, in verse 9, every man took his rod back. I'm sure they wondered, what's the point? This old bit of stick with a name on it. But Aaron's rod blossomed, producing fruit. And then God says, Bring again Aaron's rod before the testimony. Oh, yes, they brought it back and they put it into the ark for a perpetual testimony that the priesthood was secure. That shall quite take away their murmurings from me, that they die not. It was a sign of his priesthood, and it shall never again 
be an argument about Aaron's decision to be the priest because it was God's decision. What a picture of that rod of new life in resurrection, isn't it? And it's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 1 verse 4 And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of Holiness. Paul writing, he said, that Jesus Christ has been declared to be the Son of God with power. What a picture of our salvation. We're dead in trespasses and sins. We were born again by the Spirit of God. Then we receive new life in Christ. And we should go on then to produce fruit in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling us. Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. That's what we should produce. If we have been born again by the Spirit of God and we have received new life in Jesus Christ, then... As proof of that, we should be producing fruit in our lives. Same as that stick. When God intervened, it produced fruit. In our lives, we're dead in trespasses and sins. When we are born again of the Spirit of God, He comes and He sends His Spirit to dwell within us. And then, through the living out that life with the Spirit, we produce fruit. And Jesus said, how do we know people are Christians? How do we know they are followers of mine? By their fruit. If we are not producing fruit, then what's wrong? What's wrong? Because that's the only way Jesus said. By their fruit you shall know them. Are we producing fruit? Do people realize that we are Christians by the fruit of our lives? What is that fruit? Love, joy, peace long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. And I don't believe they're all individual fruits. I believe it's all one fruit with all those aspects of it. I, I've told the story before. Years ago, there was an old fellow in Belfast. And he was a pavement artist. And he, he had colored chalks. And he used to go around and he would paint on a... a draw on all these pavements around Belfast lovely lettering love, joy and peace you never got any further <laughs> but all over the city used to be well, and on these pavements all over the place he must have spent his life doing it and he was known as old love, joy, peace what a lovely name to be known as he was putting down on the pavement stones what our lives should be like we should be producing fruit I'm sure he's gone long to be with his saviour you know man sees dead wood man looks and he sees dead wood God looks at you and me and he sees potential for fruit he sees potential in you and he sees potential in me to produce fruit. The sign of the priesthood is still the same. Those who seek to minister 
for God, and that includes not people who stand up at the front, but all of us. We are all priests. But those who seek can only do so when we are made alive, when the dry stick of our life has been renewed by the Holy Spirit of God. Sadly, we see in many places people who are seeking to be ministers, but they're dry sticks. We saw that in Jude, didn't we, last week. Those clouds that are without water. The farmer sees the cloud coming and thinks, we're going to be fed, my crops are going to be revived, there's going to be water in the well, and the clouds go by, clouds without water. Dry sticks, not feeding the people. And the priest was chosen by God. What does Paul say in Galatians chapter 1? When he's just out of the Corinthians. Galatians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, chosen by man. No. Look at what he says. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Paul recognized his allegiance. Why he was doing what he was doing was not because man had appointed him, God had appointed him. And that's the way it has to be. Do you ever wonder why Moses didn't have a rod there? And why Moses didn't put his rod in? Well, Moses had a rod, and he, he, he used it on many occasions. He divided the sea with his rod. He, 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 he brought forth water with his rod. His rod was one of power and authority. Aaron's rod really speaks to us more of living with the Spirit. picture of grace and mercy because God was here indicating he was going at one stage to wipe out these whole Israelites but here he was showing mercy in producing evidence for his high priest and God's spirit quickening men's hearts and lives you know a few weeks ago I'm nearly finished a few weeks ago we did a series on the tabernacle and at that time we looked at the candlestick. The candlestick was, was placed in the tabernacle. And we looked at the description of it. It was in the holy place, not in the, the most holy place of the Holy of Holies. And we saw that the, the candlestick was a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. In John 1 it says, in him was life, and the life was in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. He goes on to say in, in John eight, then spake Jesus unto them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He gives us that life within us, which is the life that he imparts to us. And it is the light. And then he went on to tell his disciples later on that you are the light of the world. Because we have the, the living light living within us, then we should be lights to those around us. It, it was built with 
with uh, various images on it, this candlestick. If you go back to Exodus 25, I just wrote it out last night, 33. Three bowls made like unto almonds. Here we have the almonds again. The bowls were made like almonds with a knob and a flower in one branch and three bowls made like almonds on the other branch. There were branches going out each side with three on each side and the one in the middle. And, and, and these, these, the fruit shown on that were almonds. Why almonds? Well, it's all going back again to Aaron's rod, which is a picture of Christ again. These almonds. The rod that budded was taken out and put in as a testimony to the priesthood. And the candlestick was being a picture of Christ. There we have the almonds again. And there were flowers on it as well. This dry stick of Aaron's rod producing blossoms. A dry stick. What does it say about the Lord Jesus Christ? Christ, it says in Isaiah 53 verse 2, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as of a root, out of a dry ground. That was the picture they had of Christ. Growing up from a root in a dry ground. From a stick that had no life in it. Another picture of what the Lord Jesus Christ was like. He hath no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him. He, was de he is despised and rejected of men. He is. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. That was the description of the Lord Jesus Christ as he walked this earth. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. And you know when Philip we talk about this in baptism, weren't we? When Philip preached that to the to the Ethiopian, the, 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 the high government official, he preached that passage to him. And the man said, Who's he speaking about? He was wounded for our transgression. Is he speaking about himself, the prophet? Philip preached unto him Jesus. From that passage, the man saw his need of a saviour, and he came to a knowledge of Christ accepted him as his saviour and lord and then even out of that passage he said to Philip what doth hinder me to be baptised he says nothing he says there's water but then they went down and they were baptised but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept Christ died and now he has come resurrection and become the first fruits. All to do with this fruit. As the picture of the stick producing fruit. But every man his own or Christ the first fruits. Afterwards they that are Christ that is coming. You know just in closing. On that uh, candlestick. Going back to the candlestick. It said that there were flowers. On it as well. 
And the Jewish writer said those flowers were lilies. And in the Song of Solomon it says, I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. Jesus is beautiful. To those of us who love him, we can see the beauty in Jesus. And there was a hymn, I found a friend in Jesus, he's everything to me. He tells me all my care on him to roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me all my care on him to roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Do you know him? Do you love him? Is he the fairest of ten thousand to your soul? I hope he is. Yeah.